Are you looking for new books to read? Do you like finding a new special author? Are you tired of the same old books from the same old authors? Well then, welcome to Discovered Wordsmiths, a podcast where you can hear from fantastic new authors. Join Steven Schneider as he finds and talks to authors you may not know, but authors that have worked hard to write great new books. Hear about their book and why you should check it out. So sit back and listen to today's Discovered Wordsmith. Roger, welcome to Discovered Wordsmith. Again, this is kind of like a Back to the Future Groundhog's Day scenario. For those of you listening, we got halfway through our talk and I forgot to hit record. So all on me, Roger has been doing wonderful and he can't strangle me. Roger, welcome to Discovered Wordsmith. How are you doing today? Hey, Stephen. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yes. Well, at least we didn't get through a whole hour and find out, hey, we didn't record anything. In my defense, this is our new setup, so I'll go with that. Roger, again, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, where you live, and some of the things you like to do besides writing. I live in the Houston area, and I am passionate about writing, and I teach writing. I'm a writing coach. I am an editor. I'm a publisher of other people's books. That's all the businessy stuff that I do besides writing my own books. And for my own personal edification, I love spending time with my dog and my family. I love old classic movies. And I love anything that deals with spiritual growth. So anything that I can learn more about how life works and how I can work better with life as it unfolds, I'm all in. Nice, nice. We talked in the unrecorded part about classic horror movies and watching those because it's almost Halloween. And so we'll just summarize and say we talked about classic horror movies, <laughs> which is one of my favorites. So, Roger, tell everybody why you wanted to start writing. It was a great story. I've heard it. Let's tell everybody else for once. What? When I was 13 years old, I just had the inspiration that I was going to be a writer. I had no prior experience or skills that told me I had what it took to be a writer. I loved reading and I loved television and movies. So I appreciated great writing, but I didn't know if I had the skill to do it. But something told me that's what I want to do. That's how I'm going to leave my mark on the world. And I was just excited about that prospect. Here's something I teach in my courses and in my TED Talk and in several areas. The rule for any great accomplishment is to take inspiration to action. So I needed to take that inspiration to action. What's even better is before we ever get an inspiration, life already sets up everything we need to begin and to succeed. So it turned out that the very week that I had this inspiration, that I wanted to be a writer, my English teacher at the time assigned something that she had never assigned in all the years I'd been in school. She said, I want all of you students to do any kind of creative project. It doesn't matter what it is. I just need you to do a creative project for a major grade. I knew immediately, okay, I'm going to write a story. And that's when I started. I just went back to my house. At that time, actually, I used to type on an old standard typewriter. I had, wow. My dad had one with black keys, and my grandmother had one. It was a gray one with gray keys. She helped me write my first short story, and I wrote it on that old gray typewriter. 
manual typewriter. And when she passed away in 1990, my dad gave that typewriter to me. I have it in my office right now. Oh, that's nice. Nice. Okay. I'm glad we did redo this because you did not mention the first time around that you did a TED Talk. That's pretty fantastic because they're pretty picky. So tell us real quick about that TED Talk. So there, I was working as a librarian at a high school. I was an educator for many years. I was an English teacher and librarian. And there was a faculty member on my campus who got a grant to be able to do a TED Talk with educators in our district. And he picked the people he thought that could give the most, who might be able to give the most inspiring TED Talks. And so he knew about my book, Success Express for Teens. I've been working with teens on how to be successful and how to set goals for many years. So he asked me if I would be part of that program. And I was, they recorded it. And then mine was one that was selected to be on the TED Talk channel. Nice. Wow, that's pretty cool. I'll have to get the link from you for that so we can find it and link to it. That's pretty cool. Okay. You are extremely busy and creative. So tell us about your book. Why did you want to write this particular book? Over the years, my focus had always been on writing fiction. My dream was I wanted to be a novelist because those are the kinds of books that inspired me most when I was a young reader. F. Scott Fitzgerald and The Great Gatsby, Carson McCullers and The Heart is a Lonely Hunter, James Baldwin's and several of James Baldwin's books. They just really touched my heart. And I thought, you know what? This is what I want to do. So I always focused on writing fiction. But as I was working through my career as a teacher, ideas and opportunities kept coming up. And I ended up writing in all different kinds of genres. If you go to my website, rogerlesley.com, you'll see my books. I have books in all different kinds of genre, mostly nonfiction as well as fiction. So I didn't really have a specific idea of what book I wanted to write next. I was already in the process of writing a few books. And one night I had a dream. And in that dream, I was told expressly to live the next 365 days as if I would never experience those calendar dates again. As you can imagine in the dream, that scared me a little. It was like, are you telling me I'm going to die? But the dream continued and the instructions continued. And it said, Don't prepare to die, but live each day so clearly and so presently that you can make an impact every day of the year. As you live those days, it continued, write about it, journal about it, and make that your next book. That idea thrilled me because I thought, okay, another book idea. And then the dream concluded with one more bit of advice. After I wrote the book, I was told, teach other people how to live and get the most out of their life as well. That book became what I call my first last year. Nice. Okay. That tells us a lot about the book. It's, is it fiction or nonfiction? It is nonfiction. It is a memoir of my experience. So when I was first promoting the book, I said it is like Henry David Thoreau's Walden, except I didn't go to the woods because I don't like to get dirty. In essence, I lived a Walden experience, but kept the context of my life the same. I didn't quit my job. I didn't go off to any remote area and live by myself and grow my own food and and any of those details. What I did was I I focused on being completely present every day and really appreciating what I had each moment and also focusing on doing everything I wanted to do that year so that I when I got to the end of my life, whenever that was, 
whether it was a year from that moment or whether it was any time in the future, I could look back on my life with no regrets. And that was the focus of my first last year. Okay. So give us an example of a few of the things in the book. So many different things occurred. I set some, I've always been a big goal setter. I used to teach my students how to set goals. I help, I teach courses called Fly first last year. And that, this is how that happened. This was interesting. So while I was journaling, as instructed, and living my first last year, I kept writing out the words first last year. And it just kept taking so much time. I just abbreviated it, and it turned out to be F-L-Y for first last year. And, I, and the minute I wrote it down the first time, I thought, okay, that's the theme of the courses that I'm going to teach. I'm going to teach people to fly. So I focused on being present being appreciative, making sure I was really living each moment instead of always having my mind somewhere in the future. What am I going to do next? What am I going to accomplish next? What What's the legacy I'm going to leave? So it was being present and setting goals for everything I wanted to do, assuming that I had to do them that year. Nice. Okay. What are people saying about the book, people who have read it already? Of the book and the courses, people are saying, changed my life. I've had some really great feedback on the book. Major players in the field of spirituality and inspiration, as well as many people, you know, just reviewers and just readers who enjoy the book and who've taken and or who've taken the classes. Nice. So do you feel the book gives people what's in the classes or is there more? How do you get them together? So the book and the classes work exclusive of each other. The book is my journey. And so it was my first last year. It's the journal that I kept during my first last year. So it can serve as an example or a template. But the focus of the fly courses is I teach people that no matter where you are, no matter what your dreams are, I can help you make your dreams come true. And the way your first last year develops and evolves doesn't necessarily have to look anything like mine. If it does, and I set a great example for you, that's wonderful. But if it only creates a springboard to giving you your own ideas on how you would do it, even better. Nice, okay. And do you have any plans for a follow-up book to that or another course or anything to go with it? Yeah, so I'm continuing to create new curriculum and I'm doing different kinds of curriculum for different kinds of audiences. One of my upcoming books is a fly book of days, which is a calendar book, because one of the things I did during my first last year was anytime I did anything that I thought was really memorable or meaningful to me on a particular day, I recorded it in my book of days as this is like, I will, I always want to remember that on such and such a date, I did this or accomplished this or had this experience. So one of the next books that will be coming out within the next year is the fly book of days, which is which people who are working on getting the most out of their life can use so that they have a record rather than in journal form, just in calendar form, what they've done and what they've accomplished. Oh, nice. You keep expanding it. That's pretty good because different people use and learn in many different ways. Yeah. So that's a good thought. Very good thought. So your fiction, do you have any plans for more fiction? Yes, actually, I'm doing the final revisions of a novel that I started last year. And that novel should be out, I'm hoping, by 
Christmas of 2023. I've got a little bit more work to do on this one. But in the meantime, I have three other nonfiction books that'll be coming out. So one of the things that happened when the pandemic first hit was that many of the writing clients that I had and the editing clients that I had, everybody just disappeared because we didn't know if the world was ending or anything and people right. were holding onto their money and staying at home. That opened up my schedule. And I so I had a, a first last year inspiration. I thought, okay, so if everything else has been cleared away and now my time is free to do whatever I want to do, what is it that I most want to do? And that's when I realized this was my opportunity to write. And I did. And now I am actually at different stages of eight different books, five novels and three nonfiction works that will be coming out over the next few years. Wow. That, that's very ambitious there. And you mentioned a website. So I assume all the books are on the website. Tell everybody what your website is. It's my name, rogerlesley.com. Okay, that's easy. We'll put a link to the show notes for checking it out. And you said you've written in multiple fiction genres over time? I've written in multiple nonfiction genres, mostly. Okay. Most of my fiction is historical fiction. Okay, okay. I, I really, I, I love past time periods and everything. I, my, the different genres are nonfiction. I write inspirational and self-help. I write books that help people with success. I've written books for librarians. I have written biographies and memoirs, a little bit of everything. Nice. Nice. Okay. We'll put a link to the show notes. People can check out all the books there. So let me switch gears just a little bit. I find a few things out about you growing up. What were some of the books and authors that you liked to read? Some of your favorites? Now, it could be now too. Sorry. I've always been a voracious reader. And so even when I was younger, I was reading more adult fiction. My parents were very nice that way. They were very understanding and let me read you know, books that were meant for adults, not just children's books. So as I mentioned earlier, the book that touched me the most in high school was The Great Gatsby. It was okay. a heartbreaking experience for me. I was really struggling at the time with my own loneliness and just different issues that I had as a teen feeling isolated. And it just resonated with me. And this, a similar experience I had with Carson McCullers, The Member of the Wedding, and The Heart is a Lonely Hunter. And so those were some of my favorites. I love Winesburg, Ohio. Uh, I love I've got that on my list. To read. Oh, yeah, I love that book. I read that once on vacation. And I always connect that book now with where I was when I was reading it because it just made such an impression on me. I love The House on Mango Street by Sandra Cisneros, which is a fabulous book. I used to teach literature to my students. And so I created a unit. This was back in the 80s and 90s when teachers had more and more leeway with what they could create in their curriculum. So I taught senior honors. And so I developed a unit great called Great Novels. And I picked 50 of the greatest authors of all time in the English language. So they were British or American. And I picked what was considered their masterpiece. And I created a unit where each student could pick a different novel. And then we would do different things with it. We'd have Lincoln-Douglas debates. They'd have to write a research paper. They'd have to do a creative project. But that gave me a chance because I had read some of those books. But quite honestly, I didn't read all of them before I put them on that assignment. So that first year, it was interesting. I had a stack of those novels on my car seat as I was driving, and I would stop at the light and I'd open the book and start 
screen so the light changed so I could keep up because I needed to stay ahead of the students. Wow. And that's one of the, I love that they get a choice. One of the things I've talked to some other teachers about and parents, we always lament the fact that kids don't want to read. They're not interested. They don't want to read. But then we force them to read books they're not interested in. And I'm like, do you see the problem there that if you're forcing them to read something that they're not enjoying, they're not going to read and they're not going to care. And then that goes into their adult life. But if we would get them hooked on reading first and then worry about the books that we want them to read, (coughs) sorry, it's an easier process because they already like to read. You hit the nail on the head, Stephen, with with what you just shared, because I was also a librarian. And when I got my degree in library science, my certification in library science, that's one of the first tenets they teach you is you've got to get kids to love to read. And one of the ways to get them to love to to read is to pick books on topics that they're interested in at a reading level that they're comfortable with. Yes, yes. And that that was one of the reasons back in the day, now this was beyond our time, but the Goosebumps books. I know a lot of parents like, oh no, I'm never letting my kid read those books and stuff. How many kids like devoured those and then went on to read everything available because they liked to read and they got hooked on reading with something they really enjoyed. So man, if you give somebody Daniel Defoe, uh, Robinson Crusoe, and say, here, read this, or the great white Moby Dick, and say, here, this is the first book you're reading. Read it now. Sixth grader is going to go, oh my gosh, this sucks. But yeah. if they read others. They think that's what reading is. They think, oh, a right. book must be dense and heavy and hard and difficult to wallow through. That becomes their association, and they associate it with the emotion of feeling dread and and boredom. No wonder they don't want to read if that's how we start them out. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. And that's one of the great things that J.K. Rowling did with the Harry Potter books is she got them to read what they cared about and what they loved and made the books so long. The first several publishers she took them to rejected them simply because they were too long. They said, you know, middle school kids will never read this long of a book. Little did they know. And their parents are going to read it too. Exactly. I always look at the Harlequin romance women because they'll read 10 books in a week. And I'm like, you're reading this because you enjoy it. You're not being forced. It's not dense. They're quick, easy reads. So why are we telling our kids, oh, no, you can't read anything you enjoy. You have to read this other stuff we're making you read. I, I don't know. That's one of my crusades in my life. So maybe sometime if we meet up, we've got the same message we could pass on to teachers and parents and for their kids. Love that idea. Okay. so. Besides the books, do you have a local bookstore that you like to go to? One of my very favorites is called Copperfield Books in the Houston area. It's run by a husband and wife, and the wife's mother also works the register very often. My first experience there was so great because they have some local author events. And so many years ago, I found out about the store, and I stopped by, and I told them that I'm an established author and that... I would like to do some kind of a keynote rather than just set up a table and stand around. She was immediately amenable to that idea. She let me do a presentation on how to start writing a book if you ever dreamt about starting to write a book. The attendance was great. The people were fun. And it just started a great relationship that I've valued ever since. Copperfield Books in the Houston area. Okay, I'll put a link to them in the show notes. One of the things I'm doing 
an expert, not an expertise, but something I'm interested in and have some knowledge of is writing stories for video games. And I do a workshop with kids about writing stories for video games and how to make a video game without being a programmer. And that's a job you can actually get, which parents are like, ah, you got to get them to understand that a hundred years ago, being a screenwriter was not a job. Now it is. This is the next thing. That's a workshop I've been working on with kids because kids love it. Oh, I get to make a video game and I'm writing stories. So, good for you and good for them. Yes, it's really cool. And I've got a contact that runs a school for video game stuff and he's helped me a bit on it. So yeah, I love the things you're doing and working with kids. Who's going to read our books when they're adults if we don't get them reading? And who's going to write the next Harry Potter if the kids aren't writing? Exactly. All right. So, Roger, before we move on and talk authors, tell everybody, if someone came up to you and said, Roger, I heard you wrote a book, why should I get it and read it? What would you tell them? My mission in life is to inspire people to live the life they dream and to empower them to follow their own unique journey to success and fulfillment. If that's what you're looking for, if you want to live the life you dream and if you want to feel empowered, to, to follow your own unique journey, read one of my books. Nice. Very succinct and well thought out. For any authors listening, you should come up with that paragraph to answer that question. I had an author go, oh, I'm going to a book fair that I'm going to be at. And I asked that question. They're like, oh, I bet someone will ask me that. Maybe I should think of what to actually say. That You've practiced that. I could tell. That was perfect. All right, Roger, I appreciate you being on talking about your book. It sounds great. We'll put show notes out, but we're going to move on and talk about author stuff. Hi, if you enjoyed this episode of Discovered Wordsmiths, please support the author. Go to their website, go to Amazon, look them up, get the book. And if you click on the link that I have in the show notes, you'll also help support the podcast so I can keep the hosting and all the software I use and uh, keep it running for, to help more authors. When I am recording this, we've got over 100 episodes, lots of authors. Go to the website, discoveredwordsmiths.com. Check it out. There's a lot of great authors, probably in some genre that you love. See what they have. Check out their books. That's what the point of the podcast is for. So people can discover new authors, find some new books they love, support the authors so they can continue writing. So please support them. And if you do like the podcast, if you've been thinking of podcasting or you're a writer, I've got some links also at the website. Click on those if you're interested in any of the software or services that I talk about. Everything that I have there is something I use, so I've got an affiliate link. Again, it's a little bit, if everyone clicked on those, if they were going to get it anyway, it helps keep the podcast going. So let's all help each other out, discover more authors to read. Thank you for listening to Discovered Wordsmiths. Come back next week and listen to another author discuss the road they've traveled and maybe sometime in the near future, it might be you.